This podcast provides general information, not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized guidance. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Psych Rounds. I have Dr. Larry Wing in the studio with me again. We will be discussing not just one, but two drugs in today's episode. We will be discussing paroxetine, also known as Paxil, and fluvoxamine, also known as Luvox. So let's get it started with paroxetine, aka Paxil, and I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Larry Wang. Thank you, Dr. Hewitt. So paroxetine, uh, this one is probably known mostly for how many for, for how many adverse effects it has. I've never started this medication on any patient. I have continued it on patients that have been on it for a while, however. Um, it has a fairly short half-life and it's the SSRI known for causing really bad discontinuation syndrome. And when you say discontinuation syndrome, I think of short half-life. Uh, can you give me the half-life, Dr. Wang, on Paxil? Yeah, it's about 17 to 22 hours, so less than a day. For reference, fluoxetine, one to four days, active metabolite, one to two weeks. The other ones we talked about, things like uh, sertralines, citalopram, and escitalopram, usually between one to 1.5 days. So this one is one of the shortest ones along with fluvoxamine, which we'll talk about in a second as well. So a patient with, uh, you know, you're considering starting an SSRI on, what should we be thinking of if we're considering Paxil? So with Paxil, paroxetine, it has a lot of FDA approvals for anxiety disorder. So not just generalized, but social anxiety disorder. It's thought to be more calming. So if a patient has failed multiple SSRIs and they have uh, features of anxious distress, maybe this is one you use. However, this might be an artifact and it might be marketing because there's been a lot of subsequent studies which show that paroxetine isn't necessarily better than some of the other SSRIs for anxiety. And um, so it's really not something that I like to start. Yeah. And looking at the FDA approvals, it was able to lock down quite a few approved for MDD, of course, OCD, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, and PMDD. So definitely was able to achieve quite a few FDA milestones there, uh, particularly in the anxiety component and field like you mentioned. Um, what are some of the side effects that Paxil is most known for? So we already mentioned the discontinuation syndrome. Uh, it's also highly anticholinergic, so I really don't like it in the geriatric population. I actually saw a 65-year-old patient on this medication <laughs> a couple of days ago, and I wasn't too pleased. Um, it also causes the worst sexual dysfunction uh, because it's an inhibitor of nitric oxide synthase. Sometimes this can be used as an advantage, however, because some people use this medication for premature ejaculation. Um, the other main thing with this medication is it's the only SSRI that's actually class D in pregnancy. The other ones are class C. So it has 
greater risk for things like pulmonary hypertension as well as cardio malformations. Uh, the interesting thing is even though it's not good in pregnancy, it's one of the SSRI that's actually relatively safer in breastfeeding along with sertraline. Interesting. Speaking of some of the OB-GYN topics in this episode, one of the FDA indications that I failed to mention was VEDO, excuse me, vasomotor symptoms associated with menopause. Uh, can you elaborate on that, Dr. Wing? Yeah, so it's branded as Paxil, but for the menopausal hot flashes, it's actually branded as Brisdil. It can help with this. Um, usually, I would prefer to use a different SSRI, which does have evidence as well, or sometimes even an SNRI, something like Femofaxine. I prefer to use just because of how many adverse effects this medication has. And we didn't even get to the... Uh, powerful inhibition of CYP2D6. So like fluoxetine, paroxetine is also a, a, quite a potent inhibitor of CYP2D6. So it can cause a lot of unwanted drug-drug interactions. Right, right. And that is very, very important to keep in mind because a lot of patients, uh, very rarely is it the case that their medication list is going to only have one medication on it, let alone have that medication be only one antidepressant. So, Dr. Wang, is there anything else that you would like to add on our conversation of Paxil? Uh, maybe two other things. It also has a controlled release f formulation in addition to the instant release. So, this might help with tolerability. Uh, some patients have nausea when they first take the medication. In terms of dosing, I've never started a patient on it. I've changed the dose before. I've tapered the medication. Usually you start 10 to 20, the therapeutic range is 20 to 60. And a lot of the patients I've seen actually go all the way to the maximum dose of 60 milligrams. All right. All good and pertinent points with our discussion of Paxil, aka paroxetine. Let's kick it off and talk about fluvoxamine, also known as Luvox. Yeah, so fluvoxamine, Luvox, this is kind of the black sheep of all the SSRIs because at least in the US, it's the only one that's actually not FDA approved for depression. It's approved for OCD. So sometimes you see it used for this indication. Yeah, so Dr. Wang, I have the package insert for Luvox in front of me and it also agrees with what you are saying. It is only indicated currently for the treatment of obsessions and compulsives in patients with obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, one of the things they note here is that the recommended starting dose in adults is about 50 milligrams at bedtime. Do you agree with this dosing titration? And do you agree with the dosing schedule at night instead of in the morning? Yeah, I mean, like paroxetine, some people find this one to be a little bit more calming. 50 is reasonable. I believe the maximum dose is 300. Uh, when I've seen patients on it, usually I see 100, 150. I haven't really seen uh, them get to the maximum dose, um, but it's usually, it's just observational because I personally haven't actually started this medication. I've seen patients on it, but I haven't started it. And I think there is some controversy. Do you really feel that Luvox is one of the most effective SSRIs for OCD? I, based on the literature that I've seen, it is effective for OCD, but it I, I see conflicting data. Sometimes 
I see studies where something like sertraline, which is also approved for OCD, is just as effective as fluvoxamine. So if I see a patient coming in with OCD, I'll usually start something like sertraline or fluoxetine instead, which are both approved for OCD and have reasonable evidence for going above the FDA max if necessary. And also the other concern I know uh, you touched on is some of the metabolism of these drugs. Is there any particular interactions we have to look out with a patient who is prescribed uh, fluvoxamine? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking a lot about 2D6. So with this one, the main uh, enzyme you have to watch out for is 1A2. And there's many medications that go through this one. So the big one is probably something like clozapine. Uh, this can be very dangerous because the plasma level of clozapine were pretty strict on it for many reasons. Obviously, they granulocytosis, but it can cause a lot of other side effects like constipation that can lead to paralytic ileus. Olanzapine as well goes through 1A2 and something like Remelteon, so that's for sleep, is also significantly, significantly increased with this medication. It also has some kind of more mild to moderate 2D6, 3A4, 2C9 inhibition, I believe. So a lot of drug-drug interactions. That's why I really don't like this medication. Yeah, and and that's an interesting point too. Um, you know, you talk about some of the FDA indications, and I should say just one FDA indication, but I feel like anecdotally in my experience so far, when I see Luvox, it kind of is a flag for a patient who has a diagnosis of OCD disorder. Um, I don't know, like you said, there's a lot of conflicting data on whether or not Fluvox is a um, more effective SSRI in treatment than the others that are available. There is quite a few SSRIs to choose from in our uh, bag of tools. Is there any reason, Dr. Wang, that you would prescribe Luvox over anything else? Maybe in something like treatment-resistant OCD. So let's say we've tried sertraline, we've tried fluoxetine, and the patient really isn't getting better, and the symptoms are extremely severe to the point where it's impacting their life in a very negative way. They're having a lot of trouble functioning. Then maybe I'd will it be willing to try this medication, but I haven't really seen too many cases like that. For example... Even with treatment-resistant OCD, sometimes we'll start something like aripiprazole as an adjunct, which I've seen be effective. Um, so really not much reason to use this medication, in my opinion. Interesting. Interesting point of view and very interesting discussion. Thank you, Dr. Wang, for your input and your expertise. Um, any other comments that you have to make about Luvox or Paxil? Um, I guess overall, these are the two SSRIs that I would be very hesitant to start because of the drug-drug interactions, the shorter half-life, and some of the other side effects we've talked about. Um, in some patients, they work great, particularly paroxetine. I have some seen some patients where this medication was life-changing, but overall, I would prefer to use things like fluoxetine, sertraline, escitalopram before trying these medications. All right. Well, a very good discussion today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into Psych Rounds. I hope you all have a great day.